0: friends, and welcome on into episode 66 of the SCO Show. My name is Mark Schofield. Back in the big chair for today, Wednesday, January 15th, 2020. Going to do a couple of things today. We're going to get you ready for the Senior Bowl. How are we going to do that? We're going to start with the non-quarterbacks. Today's show, I'm going to be breaking down the non-quarterbacks at a bunch of different positions, that I think you might want to keep an ear to the ground on. Maybe if you get a chance to watch some Senior Bowl coverage, Take a chance and look at these players. These are players I'll be keeping an eye on when I'm down there in Mobile in just a couple of days now. So we're going to do that. I won't be able to give it to you like North versus South because they haven't really finalized the team rosters yet. So we're just going to be going offense and defense. We'll start with the defensive side of the ball. Got some interesting players to break down. We're also going to have a couple of thoughts on the national championship game. LSU taking care of business against Clemson 42-25. If I could get away with it, I would just play the final LSU hype video narrated by Dwayne The Rock Johnson because I kid you not, that video has basically been the soundtrack for my last two workouts. It's that good. It was just that good. So that's the plan for today. And then next week we're going to be live from Mobile, Alabama. We will have on Monday's show we will have a quarterback senior bowl preview. And then I will just do as many shows as I can, maybe one a day, maybe two a day. Who knows? But just expect to hear a lot from me next week down from Mobile. Before we do anything, though, your usual reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio, and yes, not one, not two, but three. SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the QB Sco Show. And of course, right here at the pulpit. Let's start. National Championship game. Ed Ogeron. Go Tigers! Getting his national title. Fascinating game to watch. I don't know how you watched it, if you did watch it. I watched it on the All-22 on the 100-inch projection screen in the basement that I have recently set up. And it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious once the ESPN app finally got working. The game itself, very fascinating to see how it played out. One of the things that many people will wonder is how – Joe Brady, Steve Eminger, and company were going to handle Brett Venables and the three one seven look they were showing on the Clemson defense. A lot of people thought that Venables might really be daring, just daring Brady and company to just run the ball, right? Take the ball out of Burrow's hands, try to run the football, but no, they threw through it. Threw the ball a lot. Burrow had a fantastic game. And I think if you've come to the point now and you still have reservations about Joe Burrow, I don't know what you're waiting to see. I mean, the kid was QB1 going into this game, and he just added to the legend last night, and then added to it post-game, walking around with the cigar, with a hat that said, Big Dick Joe. I mean, come on. Just a fantastic season, a fantastic night for Joe Burrow. But he wasn't the only player in this game that that stood out. Isaiah Simmons, the, the hybrid safety, linebacker type for Clemson, I thought he was fantastic. Early in the night, Josefa Patel came into the Scotia Slack channel, uh, probably late first quarter, early second, and asked how Simmons was doing And If I was giving out a take of the game for the national championship game, I would have given it to myself because I said in the moment, he's looking like he's not going to be there at 23. He's arguably looking like a top five player right now. There are some people that are saying that talent-wise, he might be a top five player in this class. Will he get drafted top five? Probably not. You're thinking Burrow at one, Chase Young at two. Then who knows what Washington does at three. You know, maybe they trade out, maybe not. And so there's a lot of stuff that could happen. But you're probably looking at it in some way, shape, or form. Oh, wait. Since he had one Washington suit, who knows what Detroit does at three. And then Giants at four, they're probably going tackle and maybe two at five, unless somebody gets up to three in a trade with Detroit. I don't know if you're seeing Isaiah Simmons there in that top five. But talent-wise, he's there. I thought both running backs were impressive. Travis Etienne, I was very impressed by the power. Obviously, uh, I was watching it, like I said, on the All-22. So you had Sean McDonough and the radio call, Todd Blackledge. They were talking at length about how he added mass, added about 20 or 30 pounds. I was very impressed with the power he showed in that game. But he wasn't the only running back that played well. Clyde Edwards-Elarre, I thought played extremely well, great change of direction, had some great footwork. The run he had when LSU had their drive that started before halftime, then they were deep in their own territory and had the zone run to the left side where he made somebody whiff in the open field. Tremendous footwork. So I thought both running backs played well. The LSU receivers are obviously fantastic. You know, Jefferson will probably declare. He's probably a top 50 player. Um, T Higgins he was great too you know Chase was also great The, the wide receivers were fantastic in this game Grant Delpit played pretty well Derek Stinley Jr and maybe my thinking on him right now is clouded by I just got done watching for the like the third time Jordan Love against LSU's defense and the number of times that they attacked Derek Stinley in that game just blew me away the kid can play you know, he's a lockdown corner in the NFL but again just a freshman I, I think it's fair to point this out I I think Trevor Lawrence got dinged uh, I think he got dinged at some point in that game he had a th- he had a bunch of overthrows he missed he was missing throws high he had a throw I think he was in the late third or fourth quarter sometime late in the game where he was throwing an out route to the left and he put Everything he had into it. I was getting flashbacks to Billy Chapel. As a oh, little, you know, for love of the game reference there for your kids. But basically throwing everything you have into a throw. So I do wonder if he could think. But a fascinating game. Now, of course, the talk is Joe Brady leaving LSU to go to Carolina. I can't deal with 3 months of Carolina trading up with Cincinnati to get Joe Burrow. I can't deal with that. Cincy, don't overthink this. Don't overthink this. Just draft the kid. Just don't ruin him. We want to see Joe do well. And hopefully we'll get to see him at the Senior Bowl. Still uncertain if he's going to go or not. Quarterback room sort of waiting in the range. We've got 6 right now. We're waiting to see if Burrow and an eighth guy go or they just sit pat at 6, who knows. I'm sure Jim Nagy would love to have Joe Burrow down at the Senior Bowl. But does he even need to go? As much as selfishly, I want to see him there. Is there anything he can do that would convince you that he's more worthy of the first overall pick down in Mobile? I don't think so. Maybe he goes but says, look, he get danged. He, did, he took a couple shots in that game and he can't participate, but he'll do like the, the, the meet-ins, the whiteboard stuff. Maybe he does that. I don't know. I mean, he just got dumb playing in a natty. Maybe the kid needs to sleep. Speaking of the senior bowl, let's start on the defensive side of the ball here. I've got some prospects at the D-line, the edge, and the linebacker spots to get through. D-line, some guys I'm going to be watching. Now, this is not an all-inclusive list. There are obviously going to be more. But I'm going to start with Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. 6'6", 3'10". That's what he's listed at. Can't wait to see this guy weigh in. My first weigh-in. Never really made it to the weigh-ins at Mobile, but going in on Monday now, so I'm going to be able to see it. Very quick step, very quick first step for an interior defensive lineman and for somebody of his size. Explodes off the line of scrimmage. His first snap against Alabama, and you can see the quickness. It just jumps out off the tape. Consider the line of scrimmage to be set two yards behind the block or he's aligned across from him because he resets that line of scrimmage immediately. He just wrecks havoc in the interior from guard to guard. Alabama needed to rely on doubles against him. and If he's eating doubles, he's helping your team. Great initial penetration on a third and three in the second quarter that led to a tackle for a loss. He had an incredible pass rushing rep against Missouri. Quick swim move, individually blows up a screenplay. He seems to have the complete package with some refinement. I think he could be a day-one starter. I think Belichick will love him. But will he be there at 23? I don't know. A guy that might be there at 23, Raquan Davis from Alabama, the defensive lineman. We know the same in Belichick connection. Could that lead to Davis coming into Foxborough? He might not have developed in the way many had hoped, but I still think he's a very promising defensive lineman that you can see it on film. Good size, he can anchor, he can reset with lower body strength. Very good lower body strength. Can one or two gap. He does struggle to get off blocks at times. I'd like to see him get better in that way. But he also has a pretty good swim move that he can use to get penetration when he needs to. I think he was at his best, actually. He's more of a 3-4 defensive end type. Aligned as a 5-tech when he could use his athleticism a bit more. He has a good push-pull move that he showed a few times in the Iron Bowl. Versatile player. Alabama used him anywhere from like a 7-tech to a 1-tech. And he showed pretty good awareness in both the pass game, the run game, misdirection stuff, and especially against the screen. Darian Davis, a defensive lineman from Nebraska. Hey, look. If I get a chance to talk about a Nebraska player, I'm going to do it. Quick first step. He can get some penetration off the snap when split in between defenders and attacking a gap. Good awareness, will look for the football and adjust in response to the screen in the in the RPO game. Big body type of player, but quick for his size. Mostly a, a zero one, maybe a 3-tech type of guy. Can occupy blockers up front, lets others flow to the football. Against South Alabama, I saw some double and even triple teams on the inside. Does have a good swim move that he can use to get some penetration. Seems to have a good secondary plan against blockers. Will use spins or push-pulls to shed blockers. Does that well. Sometimes they even play him as a tilted nose tackle. He draws a lot of attention in the interior, which helps those around him. I get a bit of a Danny Shelton vibe from him for sure. He's a tough guy to move on the inside. Kicking it to the edge a bit, Jonathan Greenard, the edge outside linebacker for Florida, their buck linebacker in their 3-4 front, often aligned as a three-point defensive end or a two-point outside linebacker, tasked primarily with pass rushing. Good quickness off the snap, whether in a two- or a three-point stance. He run the arc pretty well. They would kick him inside at times. He'd struggle a bit there. I think he's much better on the edges, at least in the college game. Good secondary and even tertiary pass rushing moves. Seems to have a good plan as a pass rusher. Good use of hands on the edges. It does seem, though, like his primary, where he wants to be is with beating you with speed. Trying to, like, pressure outside shoulder and then cut inside. That seems to be his primary move. I'd like to see him you know, change things up a bit. Show some different looks at the start of pass rushing reps. In the Orange Bowl, he chased Bryce Perkins all over the field, man. Perkins is an athletic, fun quarterback to watch. Tough to get to, but he finally got a good shot on him on a pass and play early third quarter. And again, you probably you know why he wants to rely on speed. He's got good speed there to sort of run the arc. Let's talk about some linebackers here for a second. We've got some guys in the Big Ten that I've had a chance to study for some of these guys for the past two seasons now with with some of the work I do for Minnesota Rivals. We'll start with Cameron Brown, the outside linebacker for Penn State. He's sort of a hybrid overhang-type defender, Fred Warner-type usage from him, Uh, good zone defender, good zone coverage defender, effective in space. Penn State would use him as a hybrid or overhang-type player, similar to Fred Warner. They didn't fear putting him outside or in the slot. Um, He... Very good at setting the edge, will flow to the edge, make sure he bounces stuff back to help, back to the inside. Those Penn State linebacks were a very fluid and cohesive unit. I'm fascinated to see him down in one-on-ones. I think he's a very athletic guy. You can muse in a bunch of different roles. And I'm very excited to see how he's used down in Mobile and that athleticism that I've seen on tape translate to what we're seeing down at Ladd People Stadium. Let's talk about you know, it's interesting and it's rare that I get a chance to, you know, see a guy over the course of two seasons and really see how they develop and have it not be a quarterback and to be really excited about that. Um, a player like that is Zach Bond, the outside linebacker from Wisconsin, very versatile player. Uh, Badgers will align him as an overhand defender or in the slot when they face trips. He's comfortable playing more in space on more in space and more on the edges. I, I think than on the inside, but he's a stout player at the point of attack. But he's on the line of scrimmage in a two-point stance, he can really set the edge, will take on and hold his ground against double teams. Now, a great example of what he can do. Um, comes on a play against Ohio State this season. First play of Ohio State's second possession the Buckeyes show. Three receivers to the right side of the formation with a wing-tight end and two more receivers to the outside. He aligns in the middle in between the tight end and the slot receiver. They run a midline zone play with Justin Fields having the ability to keep it run to the right edge towards him. He does a great job of staying home, stays upfield, fights off the wind tight end in the process, prevents fields from pulling and keeping for a big play. I also saw this. In the previous show, I talked about Ohio State wide receiver Benjamin Victor, right? Talked about him, talked about his speed, his length, and stuff like that. I've seen videos of him down at the Shrine game running some great routes. Bond covered him one-on-one on on an out-and-up and stayed stride for stride with him. He can get to the passer as well, coming off the edge. He has a pretty good rip move that's been effective. I like this kid a lot. You know, and depending how free agency shakes out with the outside linebacker spot, with Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy, I really like this kid. And so I'm very excited to see him down in Mobile. I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Owen Reese, at Reese Draft, on the timeline. I'm going to be talking about Owen here in a second, but I know Owen's a big Badger guy. He's probably going to tell me I'm entirely wrong about Zach Bond, but I'm a big fan. Then finally, Malik Harrison, the linebacker from Ohio State. I was surprised when I dug up my notes from last year and this year on him when I watched my film stuff. And then every once in a while, you know, not every once in a while, but usually when I get done watching somebody, I do my own sort of quality check where I look to see what other people are saying. You know, I'll get my notes done. I'll do my film study. I'll think, okay, this is how I feel about a guy. Do people agree or not? And most of the time, you know, I get not full on agreement or full on sort of endorsements of what I'm thinking, but most of the time. This is one of those times when I'm in a different place than others. Because I think look watching him last year in 2018, I thought he was extremely athletic. They would Ohio State would put him in space, they put him in the weak side, you know, they they'd blitz him off the edge, they drop him into coverage. You know, they, when they went cover three, he could get to the flats. Wouldn't take away throws to the flats, but he could get out there. And If you catch him in man coverage, there are some plays to be made, but still pretty good. Um, he did get beaten on a wheel route, so maybe he's not the best man coverage defender, but I thought, okay. Um, he kicked inside a bit more this past year and almost might be a two-down guy now. You know, and so maybe a lot of people, I was reading, for example, I think it was Joe Marino over at the Draft Network. I was reading, you know, one of his write-ups on him, basically saying he's a two-down thumper type. You know, maybe that's really what he's becoming. Maybe what I saw in 2018, where I kind of liked him, but he was struggling with man coverage, has sort of led to where he is right now. But we've seen New England draft what they thought, what people thought was a two-down thumper type before, in the name of Jawan Bentley. And where did Jawan Bentley kind of make a name for himself? Down in Mobile. So who knows? Stranger things have happened. So that's a look on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to come back and we'll talk about some offensive prospects. No quarterbacks because, remember, that is Monday's show. It is quarterback only on Monday when I'm down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. That's ahead on Episode 66 of The Scot Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on Episode 66. Man, it to 66 of The Sco Show. I'm pretty excited about that. Let's talk some offensive prospects. Before the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl. Very excited to get down to Mobile. It's going to be a fun week. It's always a fun week. Going to be extremely busy. But busy is good. We like busy. Plus, people love the draft. All right? People just love the draft. And it's what keeps me gainfully employed all season long. So we're excited about that, too. Let's start. We've got a lot of names here to get through on the offensive side of the ball because we've got a number of positions to get through. Wide receiver, tight end and some guys up front. Start with the wide receivers. Again, not an all-inclusive list, not an exhaustive list, but these are some of the guys that, in watching some tape, they've stood out to me. Denzel Mims from Baylor, uh, good length, listed at 6'3", 215, plays to that size. Uh, Baylor used him on the boundary and in the slot. Good releases against press. Uh, Sometimes he has some wasted steps on a shuffle or slows the release a bit, but he's always able, it seems, to get inside or outside releases depending on the route that he needs to run. It seems like if he needs to cross your face, He's going to cross your face. Okay hands. Not the most diverse route tree. Lots of go routes, slant routes, and shallows. But I do like his releases a lot. He uses his feet, his upper body, and even his head and shoulders to get free off the line. Very chippy blocker. Also extremely willing to go over the middle and take a shot. Won't alligator arm throws in that area of the field. I really like seeing that on tape. If there's a kid in this draft that's sort of a running back play slot receiver, it's Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay. I'm butchering that last name. I even wrote out the pronunciation. Oh, well, From Texas. More of a slot receiver. Great footwork. Good change of direction skills. Very curious to see his three-cone. Can run through contact. Uh, Large number of routes the Patriots fans are familiar with. Uh, His touchdown catch versus Oklahoma State was very impressive. Shows a juke route and breaks back to the back corner of the end zone. Over-the-shoulder catch. Gets the feet down. Great body control. Texas got him involved as many ways as they can. Um, in the screen game, in the bubble screen game, in the smoke screen game, juke routes, option routes, he can make people miss after the catch. He can fight through contact as a runner. Third and five or less, they're probably throwing a bubble screen to him. He can cross your face if he needs to. Even if you start to play with inside leverage and he has to get on a shallow, he's going to get across your face. He's willing to work over the middle, very adept at finding grass and working against underneath zones. If you're looking for an Edelman replacement type, He could do it. Very curious to see the three-cone and stuff again playing defense for Texas and the big playing offense for Texas against those Big 12 defenses, you wonder. But I'm very intrigued by him. Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Good awareness. Knows when to turn and look for the ball against corner blitzes. Good burst after the catch. Had some very good releases against press coverage against the Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs. They tried to get him the ball in the red zone on the fade route, but he struggled in some close quarters. I want to see how he works. Those red zone fade one-on-one drills. I love his awareness the most. They used him the slot on the boundary. Good change of direction as a ball carrier. He took a shot on a slant route against Georgia, but came right back into the game. Tough kid. Very curious to see him. They're a little bit of a smaller school guy, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. I like his size and frame. Very good hands. Good burst after the catch. Check out his catch and run on a slant route in the first quarter against Syracuse. That's a big boy play. Uh, catch of a high throw, good hand, stiff arms, the first defender, runs through contact, runs through multiple tackle attempts. Rarely saw him go down against initial contact, good contact, and good talk contact balance to him. No wasted plays. Seems to give maximum effort if his number is called or if it's not called. He's just going to, look, he's just going to do his job. No plays off. Belichick's going to like that. He absolutely dusted a cornerback on a comeback route against Syracuse. Ball wasn't thrown his way, but I swear I almost screenshotted the moment where it looked like the defensive back had like snapped both ACLs. It was incredible. Does run a limited route tree. Does struggle on his releases against press. Um doesn't have a diverse release set. Doesn't have a bunch of clubs in the bag. Really just has the one where he tries to stutter and go. So I'm curious to see how he handles the level of competition in Mobile and all the press looks he's going to get. That's just, again, Four of the wide receivers is a very fascinating group. Let's talk tight ends. I know a lot of Patriots fans are very curious about the tight ends, and there are a number to look at. I'm going to talk about four here. First is Bryson Hopkins, and this is what I wrote about him months ago when I was studying Purdue's offense for the Rivals Network. When it comes to draft time, do not be surprised to hear draftniks talking about the prospects of Hopkins. He has excellent athleticism for the position, can go up and win the football in contested catch situations. Quarterbacks were very comfortable throwing in his direction. He's a willing blocker, unafraid to make contested catches over the middle, even shows good burst after the catch. Coaches like to align him in the slot and let him work the seam routes, sometimes bending inside against the middle of the field, cover two, cover four coverages. Big target down in the red zone, a very dangerous offensive threat for that Purdue offense. Very intriguing player. Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic. They used him in line in the slot. Very effective route runner against linebackers. Good route running skills. Good change of direction. Will chip and release from the wing. Can deliver a shot on defensive ends when tasked with that. Not bad as an inline blocker. Had a very nice rep against UAB in the Conference USA Championship game down near the goal line. Down blocks the defensive end from the wing. Then up to the second level to handle a linebacker. Very tough kid. Will make some contested catches on slants and in cuts will take the shot hand on to the ball tough to get down sometimes you need to gain tackle him good drive blocker off the line doesn't have a huge route tree I saw a lot of curls a lot of seams and a lot of fades didn't have a lot of pass pro reps but the ones he was asked to handle handled them well they did do some Y iso stuff with him one thing that I did notice inconsistent hands he had some drops some issues at the catch point I like to see him get better and more confident at that catch point Stephon Sullivan from LSU this kid's an enigma 6'5", 245 has played both tight end and wide receiver for LSU runs his routes like a big wide receiver has some quickness also a pretty good blocker from the wind effort blocker in the running game decent hands when he's in contested catch situations and in close quarters seems to rely more on his frame between the hashes he can still run away from some linebackers Uh, LSU trusted him with pass protection responsibilities he did handle those well He drew a nice P.I. on a wheel route when he beat the linebacker on a wheel. I forget what game that was. I watched Oklahoma and what other game did I watch? I forget now. Fascinating podcast in there, I know. He also had a very nice catch along the boundary on an out route with good body control. Works back to the ball pretty well. He had a comeback route against Oklahoma from the boundary. Pushed vertically, then broke back down the stem. Worked right back to the ball. The defensive back just did a very good job working down the stem with him. He almost seeks out contact now when running routes. He might be using his size and frame too much. But he does have good hands. Does a good job extending the arms to the catch point. They really used him outside against Oklahoma. More as a boundary type guy. So I wonder at 6'5", 245, could he be sort of a chess piece, Swiss Army knife type of player. And then finally, Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt. Now look, if somebody gets the Matt Waldman stamp of approval, they're worth checking out. And Matt was tweeting about him today, uh, Tuesday on the Timeline. Um, watching the Georgia game from this year, they use him in the win. They use him in the slot. Good blocker in the running game. A great blocker downfield from the slot. Um, he can combo block up to the second level. Does seem to want to block first rather than run routes. You saw a lot of plays that were like slow developing crossing routes, you know, design throws on crossers. And he's just, I'm not even selling you on the route. I just want to hit you. I want to block you. So I'm curious about that. But it tells you he's going to be effective in that role. A good zone blocker as well, whether front side or backside. But they would run bubble screens to him. How often do you see bubble screens to a tight end from the wing? They would do that. Show some good bursts as a catch. I would like to see him attack the football a bit more when in flight, but he was an all SEC kid a year ago. You know, when he goes back to school, now he's going to be at the senior bowl. Definitely a player to check out. Another player to check out. And again, you know, if we get a D3 kid. I'm going to talk him all. Ben Barch from St. John's D3. Now, I'm not getting my hands on D3 tape. But luckily, and I say that legitimately, I'm, I'm lucky to know this dude. He's a good friend. Owen Reese, at Reese Draft. He's my other son, Owen. He coached against him. And so, since I knew somebody that coached against him, I was able to ask Owen about it. Owen coaching at University of Wisconsin, Whitewater, who made it to the National Championship game this year. And Owen's notes on him read as follows. He's big and good, played left tackle for them. was very impressed from what I saw from him. Uh, UW-Whitewater got seven sacks in that game against St. John's. This Ben Bartich kid didn't give up a single one of them. Good athlete, light feet, played with a sprained ankle against them, but he didn't have any issues. He's put on 70 pounds since he got to St. John's as a tight end. So the kid added some frame, allowed him to kick inside. Dominated lesser competition. Second best in the country from what Owen is saying behind a a lineman that UWW had. So there you go. Some inside intel on a D3 kid who you knew was going to get some love here on the SCO show. Then we got Prince Tango Wanogo, the offensive tackle from Auburn. I, I know tackle probably not. A position, maybe it's a position of need, but either way, I'm fascinated by this kid. Solid left tackle, has a definite future plan on Sundays. Very raw, still learning how to play the left tackle spot, but moves extremely well with very fluid footwork for a man of his size, 6'7", 305. Great kick slide when in pass bro. Even though his hands can be slow at times, his athleticism and upper body strength enable him to recover well when he loses the initial punch and still dominate the the defender even though he loses at the start of the rep. He's usually solid against secondary moves, such as when the defender is beaten initially and looks to spin and rip late in the rep. Since I just mentioned Owen, if you are going to get a chance to watch Senior Bowl practices and you watch the one-on-ones, let me give you a bit of advice that my friend Owen told me a couple of seasons ago: Donna Mobile, one-on-ones are designed for the defense to win. Because it's rare that you're going to have sort of a two-way go as a defender in a pass rushing play where you can just pick your side and attack the way you want to. And so you are really seeing offensive linemen with the deck stacked against them. If you see a stalemate in a one-on-one pass rushing rep down a mobile, that's a win for the OL. if you see a definite win for the OL, it's a big-time win the way the deck is stacked. So if you find yourself flipping channels, you come across... NFL Network, you're watching some one-on-ones, and you see some offensive linemen that seem to be handling it well, but maybe it's a stalemate. Big-time win for the OL. Finally, last player I want to mention, John Simpson, the guard from Clemson. I really liked his game against Ohio State. From what I saw in his game against Clemson, it was good as well. I mean, excuse me, against LSU, it was good as well, but I got a chance to really take notes on that Ohio State game. Very good upper body strength in both the pass blocking and the run blocking game. Good awareness as a pass blocker, always scanning and looking for work. Really did a good job anchoring in pass pro, dropping the base, sending a line of scrimmage. Did a good job identifying stunts and twists. I like his upper body and lower body and how they work in concert. Very good blocker, would pull him on play action. He'd do a good job blocking on the edges. Even if he loses at the punch, he'll reset and re-anchor. They had a bull rush rep against Ohio State where he really held his own. He's getting driven back, but he's still fighting, chopping the legs. Gives some ground, but doesn't let him out of his frame. And Lawrence is able to make a play from the pocket. He's athletic enough to pull and get to the second level and in gap in power designs. He got beaten to the inside on one passing play. play. Um, that was the only real loss he had in that Ohio State game. But Lawrence still got the ball out quickly enough to avoid pressure. So maybe a bit of a lesser-known commodity from Clemson, but somebody I'm extremely excited to see up close. So there you go. There's a bit of a Senior Bowl preview part one. Part two will be Monday when I'm going to be back with you. We'll do the quarterbacks because it's always quarterback season here on the Scotia show. But until then, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxville.